It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Baseball season, it comes and goes, but Crawford Bach just flows and flows. It's the Bach to drink any time of year. You don't need a reason because it's a dang good beer. You can rock the Bach at a music festival or rodeo, Shakespeare in the Park or Lowrider Car Show. It's the Bach for bonfires and happy hour, South Padre, even your next baby shower. So share a Crawford Bach anytime with your favorite gals and bros. And when baseball season comes back, let's go Strohs! This episode of Astrocast is brought to you by Carbach Brewing. Carbach Brewing, crafted for serious fun. Today, the Houston Astros wrap up a five-game series against the Oakland A's at the Oakland Coliseum. Yesterday, the Astros fell to the A's 3-2 as Luis Garcia outstanding in his first big league start. Five scoreless, struck out four. George Springer, two for four, including a leadoff homer. But the Astros have now dropped seven of their last eight, while the A's have won three of the first four games in this series. Astros 22-22, and 22, sitting in second place in the AL West, five and a half games behind the A's, who lead the division with a record of 26-15. and 15. Let's take a look at today's pitching matchup presented by Houston Methodist. Houston Methodist is proud to be the official health care provider for the Houston Astros. Houston Methodist leading medicine. Jose Urquidy on the mound for the Astros today made his first start of the year this past Saturday in Anaheim. 63 pitches, three and two-thirds innings. Hoping to see him go a little deeper today as he gets a little further into his season. Yeah, I, I love the fact that the Astros have a pitcher that's going to go out there and attack, throw strikes, and, and, and kind of set the tone early in this ballgame. They need that. They need somebody to kind of just kind of buck up and kind of lead the way and set the tone early in this ball game. They need this win. You know, that you go into an off day and you got the Dodgers for two this weekend. I think having a Jose Urquidy out there is, is big for the Astros. I know it's just his second start this season, but uh, they're going to expect a lot of him down the stretch. Sean Manaya, left-hander going for the Oakland A's today. He got off to a dreadful start mm-hmm. to the year, but a 1.76 ERA in his last three starts. Yeah, they've been encouraged. In, in his last game, he was up to 94, 95 miles per hour. And with that really good changeup, when you get that separation between the fastball and the changeup, it makes it more effective. Uh, one thing you look back at, though, and sometimes things are, are you know, at face value, you look at the numbers. Sometimes that doesn't tell the whole story. That last game, average velocity off the bat of the other hitters were 92.2 miles per hour, which is the highest he's ever given up since 2017. Uh, so maybe a little bit, uh, uh, maybe still a little bit off for Sean Mania more so than the numbers suggest. Keys to the game presented by Honda. Visit your local Raider Houston Honda dealers for great deals on all models. Honda, the official sponsor of the Houston Astros. Well, the Astros dropping three of the first four games of this series in Oakland, a rare five-game series. Of course, the teams had the doubleheader on Tuesday. And, you know, at this point, a five-and-a-half game division lead for the A's. Uh, Astros get a win today. The division seems a, a little more realistic. Of course, if you finish in second place, you're guaranteed to be in the playoffs. And what did Zach Rinke say the other day? Everybody makes the playoffs this year. <laughs> yeah, nothing really matters. Everybody's <laughs> making the playoffs. Uh, uh, that's not really the case, you know, and you do have to play good baseball to get to get in, and, and that's what the Astros are looking for 
more than anything right now is to play clean, throw strikes. Uh, bullpen needs to uh, clean it up and throw more strikes. Uh, there's a lot of things that they can clean up, and it starts with health. And you're starting to get Bregman back, so you look at his timing uh, as he gets a little bit better as things go along. And uh, Altuve will, will trickle back next week and things of that nature. And then you start looking at things in the last week of the season is how well are we playing as we get to the playoffs. And we know that timing matters when you get hot. Without a doubt. Coming up next, we'll hear from Astros manager Dusty Baker. And a little later, Michael Coffin, radio voice of the Corpus Christi Hooks, will be joined by Mickey Story, former Astros pitcher and Astros AAA manager. But now this from your local station. What's even easier than hitting a home run into the Crawford boxes? Deep to left field, and you can kiss that good Crawford boxes. How about cracking open a delicious Crawford Bach? Carbox Crawford Bach pairs perfectly with peanuts, stadium dogs, and a good seventh inning stretch. Plus, a portion of the proceeds from each beer goes to the Astros Foundation to support community initiatives. So root, root, root for the Astros with a cold Crawford Bach this season. First pitch. And Kemp bounces it right side, right at the second baseman Diaz. He has it, throws to first in time, and the inning is over. Five innings complete of scoreless baseball for Luis Garcia in his first big league start. Well, last night you had uh, Luis Garcia making his his first big league start, and it was a second big league appearance. And you know, whenever it's a guy's first start, you don't always quite know what to expect. But I don't think you could have asked anything more from Garcia last night with his five scoreless innings, allowing just one hit. Yeah, no, we couldn't, uh, and uh, and I did. Um, excuse me. Uh, you know, he threw the ball great. He showed good command. He threw all speed behind the count. Uh, you know, he, he, he made some tough pitches. Uh, you know, we knew that his endurance was going to be a question. You know, we didn't want to, we didn't want to take him out, but we felt that, you know, uh, for the game, we were going to pitch him 75 to 80 pitches, and that's about where he ended up. And, uh, uh, you know, we feel that we got everything – you know, that we could out of him. But, uh, you know, he threw, he threw the ball well. We wanted to give him a lineup card, hopefully, with his first victory. Uh, but we have to do that uh, next time because he certainly deserved it. How much of a help is it to have Martin Maldonado behind the plate to, to guide some of these young pitchers? I mean, he's one of 15 mm-hmm. rookies who's pitched for you guys this year. Wow, I didn't know the number. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a, a must, you know, because the catcher is my field general. Uh, you know, on the field, and he's in charge out there. And, uh, uh, you know, like he'll tell me all the time, he'll say, hey, man, I got this guy, or boom, 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 this guy is following me. And I said, well, you take the lead. Or, or I'll say, hey, Maldi, you work him. And, uh, you know, he certainly knows how to work him. Uh, I, I know it hurts him uh, as much as anybody, you know, to, you know, lose these games and lose them late because he takes it uh, personal. And that's what, a, you know, that's what a, you know, a great catcher does. And uh, he's actually, Molly's actually getting better, you know. And, uh, you know, while his body is still uh, not all banged up like a lot of catchers are, cause I think it helped him, you know, to be a backup catcher early while he was learning, uh, uh, you know, about how to catch and what to do uh, back there. So I think, I mean, Maldi still has, I think, his best days, you know, ahead of him. And his, and his age really doesn't mean anything. Uh, last night's game in the sixth inning. Lestella at third, Olsen at first, two outs, bottom of the sixth. Astros lead the A's two to nothing. Trying to win their second in a row in Oakland. Here's the 0-1 to Grossman. 
And that's a ground ball left side deep in the hole. Backhanded by Correa. Guns it over to first on a hop, and it's in time to get Grossman. An outstanding play by Carlos Correa to end the inning deep in the shortstop's hole and a one-hop throw to first base. What a play by Carlos Correa to get the Astros out of the inning. A great stop deep in the hole and then an excellent throw over to first base on one hop to get Grossman. A highlight reel play. Saw him make a great play with the infield in in the first game of the doubleheader on Tuesday. I mean, I, I haven't seen every shortstop in the American League this year, but I can't imagine too many are playing a better shortstop than Correa has this year. Well, he's playing a great shortstop. I mean, I mean he makes some plays that – Looks like it was impossible to turn a double play. Uh, I've seen him make some plays uh, on cutoffs and relays. I've seen him make some plays like he did through back across his body. Because usually you throw wide, uh, you know, at the home plate when you're going to your right. And, uh, you know, I was right on the money. I mean, he has probably one of the truest, most accurate arms and strongest that I've ever seen. And, uh, you know, if he gets his hand on it, you're out. And uh, he's sure-handed. He works on it. Uh, he takes pride in it, and, uh, you know, we feel very confident when the ball is in, in, uh, in Carlos's hands. I mean, he is playing some great shortstop. You know, there's always a knock on, on the taller shortstops, like Correa, you know, being, being mm-hmm. six foot four, but it seems like he's just so agile and he works so hard, it, it, he kind of makes up for whatever issues there might be with, with him being the taller shortstop. Well, I mean, it, well maybe you need to uh, change the name from shortstop to tall stop. because he he is the tallest shortstop. Well, one of them that I've seen, you know, he reminds me of Don Kessinger back in the day. He was Mm -hmm. a tall shortstop. Uh, um, You know, Cal Ripken was a tall and Mm -hmm. big shortstop. So, you know, there are some guys around that, I mean, because Carlos looked like sometimes like he's running in one spot, but he's actually gaining ground on, 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 uh, you know, wherever the ball is hit. And like I said, if he gets his hands on it, I mean, you are out. And, uh, you know, I enjoy watching him play shortstop. I heard about him, you know, you know, when I got here uh, and, he, and he told me uh, from past years, he goes, hey, man, our pitchers strike them out. And if they do hit it, then uh, to us, then they're out. And so he takes pride in that. And uh, he's certainly, I think, the best shortstop I've seen uh, in baseball. Alex Bregman batting in the two spot back in the lineup today, uh, batted in the two spot when he played in game one of that doubleheader. On Tuesday, Altuve's hit the most in the two spot this year for the Astros, but obviously on the injured list. What do you like about line of construction, particularly with Bregman in that in that two spot today? Well, I like him in that two spot behind George and in front of uh, Michael. You know, I mean, uh, preferably I'd like him behind uh, uh, Michael, but uh, you know, he hadn't played and and he's been out and uh, you know trying to get him as many bats to get his timing as 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 possible which is, like I told Briggy, that was similar to, I couldn't understand why they batted me shortstop, I mean, batted me leadoff in the in the minor leagues. Then I got to the big leagues, they put me in fifth, but they, they batted me leadoff so I could get more at-bats to get, mm-hmm. uh, um, um, you know, ready quicker. And so, uh, you know, I'm hoping to get him some fastballs and hoping to get him uh, as many at-bats as possible so he can get his timing because, you know, you know, it, 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 it's understandable that he's going to be off, you know, I mean, just ever so slightly, even though he works hard and he was just getting his timing, you know, when he got hurt uh, uh, the first time. So, you know, we're just hoping that, that this accelerated, uh, you know, at bats thing uh, equate out to a lot of hits and, and a lot of production. Dusty Baker. Thanks for joining us. Good luck today. All right, Robert. Thank you. 
This episode of Astrocast is brought to you by Carbach Brewing. Carbach Brewing, crafted for serious fun. Hello there, and welcome back to Astro Launch. This is Michael Coffin speaking. Now a conversation with Houston Astros AAA manager Mickey Story. The former Astros right-handed pitcher led the Round Rock Express to 84 wins and a trip to the Pacific Coast League Finals last year. From the Astros alternate training site, Whataburger Field in Corpus Christi, Texas, here are a few moments with Mickey Story. This whole you know, season was a big challenge for you guys, for the organization in general. You got to keep players and staff members safe, first of all. And then here at the alternate site, you got to keep guys sharp. How do you think things have run from your from your perspective? Yeah, like you said, the the number one thing was to stay healthy, and you know we we've got into a place where, you know, the testing is worked out well, and the the results are coming back quick, and you know we're not that we're you know naive to being comfortable, but we're a little more comfortable near the end of this thing, um, getting on the field and kind of our day to day. How, you know, at first when we reported to the restart was very very different than what we're all accustomed to. Um, but I think it's been great, honestly. These guys have gotten so much work in. Um, I know, I know. There's not a lot of info, you know, to the rest of the world what actually goes on at the alternate site. But it's, you know, it's it's a full day. You know, it's a, a little mix of spring training, you know, mixed with regular season, where you're getting guys for early work every single day. You're getting your team defense the best you can with as many guys you got. They're getting plenty of hitting in, um, and then we play the inner squad, which is, you know mostly gauged around the pitching because whatever you know we can only play as long as we can pitch um so that's been you know that's day, that's a day-to-day thing um especially with the flexibility of the big league roster needing guys and to have guys fresh and ready um but overall i think it's gone really well we've made the best out of a tough tough situation the staff's been incredible um the players have embraced it i mean you know they we were all sitting on our couches praying that we were able to play baseball and i think every one of us is is more than thrilled that we were able to to do what we could and, and get out here and, and just the opportunity to get on the field every day has been what it's all about. What are some of the advantages that, that you guys have right now with the alternate training site schedule as opposed to during the regular season? Yeah, I mean, you take away the, the real game, you take away, you know, the, the ups and downs of a win and a loss, um, and you can really focus on, you know, sharpening guys' tools um, and, and really the, the coach-to-player ratio, just the intimate time we have with these guys. Like right now we have, we I mean, we have, a day ago, we had seven position players total. So we're really able to, with all the coaches we have, get a lot going, um, you know, experiment with some drills, experiment with some um, different things on the hitting side and, and really find find that time to, to really beat down um, goals and, and make guys better because um, you don't have the game at night crushing down on you. You right. know, during the season, you're so caught up in your routine and, you know, you do the best you can to keep guys sharp, but you still got that game, and it's it's a, it's a switch. You got to flip the switch for the game. You know, guys drag during the season. I mean, guys are dragging a little bit here, but it's a little bit different where, you know, it's not affecting their, their stats. They're really able to focus on development. Do you find that they're more open to trying new things, these position players in particular, because – you know, the stats aren't being recorded and they're not they're not having to deliver results each and every night? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I, I speak, you know, the Astros organization, we got we got tremendous players and, and tremendously open-minded players and, and staff to go along with it. So these guys are these guys are really, really focusing on what they need. Um, and as a staff, we focus on what they need to, to really get them over the hump. Um, and like you said, here we have plenty of time to do it and a ton of opportunity. You know, guys are sometimes headed to try new things because it might affect, you know, an at-bat. You know, it might affect one rep in the field. But here it's, 
it, it, it relieves you a little bit of that pressure of, you know, I can't make an error in this game trying this new thing. I can't strike out in this at bat trying this new thing. You know, they're inner squads. We run them as sharp as we can, but it's still, it's not that MILB.com stat line, right. you know, that, that, that's going to be on the back of their baseball card. So, yeah, it, it definitely is something where the guys are a little more open to try things. You mentioned that you can only go as, as long as your pitching can go. That has forced you to get back out there on the mound. And a couple of weeks ago, you dealt, man. Were you, yeah. were you flashing back to your time? You know, I was a little disappointed. Everyone said I threw really well. I walked, I walked two guys, I think, in the, in the two innings I had. Which You retired the first seven or eight, though. Yeah, I did. I had a strikeout in there, too. Don't forget about that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I mean, my command was a little off. But I haven't, I haven't thrown a competitive pitch off a 60-foot mound in, since I played. So it was one of those things where we had talked about it when we were at the restart in Houston. Um, how are we going to get these guys game at bats, game at bats, you know, with pitching kind of not kind of being up in the air on a daily basis. And everyone was like, hey, can you, would you pitch? And I was like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. You know, That's awesome. I, I was like, I got to get in shape, obviously. And now you throw BP during the regular year, yeah, right? Every day. You see a lot yep. of pitchers that, that don't, they don't want to throw BP or I guess, I guess that they're, they don't have good BP to throw because their stuff's moving. Constantly yeah. All yeah. The time. I mean, throwing BP is a whole different monster. It's not for everybody. Um, it just seems, you know, being an ex pitcher and being somebody who throws BP every single day, there is somewhat of a change in, I mean, you go from being a pitcher and you're throwing every ball as hard as you can. Yeah. And you're trying to miss You're trying bats. to miss bats. You're trying to, you know, and then you, some guys cut, some guys sink, you know, and it's, it's more so the arm speed that, that it seems like ex-pitchers have a hard time slowing down. Um, I think the advantage is I have a son I throw to all the time, so I, I can slow the arm down. And it's one of those things I actually enjoy it. Let's go back to last year with the, the Express, 84 wins. Uh, first time Round Rock was back in the playoffs since 2015. And, of course, last year was the first year with back in the Astros system. What stands out to you most about that Express Club last season? Oh, man. Um, a very, very talented, consistent, confident bunch of guys. Um, we knew we had a really good AAA team returning. Um, we knew that we would ultimately win a lot of games. Um, but the biggest thing was the amount of work we put in to get guys over to hump, to get guys like Jack Mayfield to the big leagues, to get guys like Garrett Stubbs, to have Jordan Alvarez, you know, flourish there. Um, Kyle Tucker to have a 30-30 season. I mean, Josh Rojas. I, I could go on and on. We had so many guys debut that, you know, I'm not saying they wouldn't have been in the past, but we, we really put in a lot of work. We, we changed some things up. Um, the team really dedicated themselves to developing, um, and, and, it, and it definitely showed on the field. It almost felt like what we prepared ourselves so well that the games were – you know, not that they were easy, but it was just we're just doing what we got. You know, like we're good. We know we're good. And, and guys, you know, it's only a matter of time before they move on to the big leagues. And we had quite a few of them last year. Well, we mentioned last year with Round Rock 84 wins in your first year as skipper with Quad Cities in 2018, 81 victories. And that was just your second year as a coach. You were a development coach with Bowie's Creek in 17, working with Omar Lopez, former Hooks manager. Was your path to coaching a clear one? Did you know right away after you got done pitching that you wanted to be a coach? I, yeah, I, I knew well before that. I knew that when I was a kid. Um, obviously, I, we, all, we all dream to play in the big leagues. We all dream to play till we're 45 years old, you know, and then have a Hall of Fame career. Um, that doesn't happen for everyone. Clearly didn't happen for me. But it was something I knew all along. I wanted to coach. I, big leaguer, though. Yeah, absolutely. Don't cut yeah, I short. checked that box, got to the big leagues, pitching the big leagues. Um, very proud of it. But, you know, the. The thing I hang my hat on is the relationship I make with these players as a manager, as a coach. 
was there any consideration for you to become a pitching coach or did you want to be a skipper in some form or yeah, fashion? Yeah, I, right I think the obvious, and I, and I still get this question to this day, how come you're not a pitching coach? And, and the honest answer is because I didn't want to be. I wanted to be a manager. I, I took a lot of pride in, 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 and not that there's anything wrong with pitching, but sure. when you're a pitching coach, you, you're coaching pitching. Right. You basically have a, rela- a strong bond with your pitchers um, and you got one area. I wanted to kind of blanket the whole game because I really enjoy baseball. I really enjoy being in a lot of areas. I love getting out there with the defense and, and doing things with them. And, and obviously I have, you know, a fair share of um, dialogue with the pitchers and work with the pitchers as well. So managing was something I thought suited me well, um, personality-wise, um, diligence-wise, attention to detail-wise. I just, you know, it was something that kind of spoke out to me really quickly. The, the only thing was would, would somebody give me the opportunity because, you know, pitch, pitchers get that, you know, that – that wrapped it, oh, you're just going to be a pitcher coach when you're done because you pitched and you don't really know anything. You know, I wanted, I wanted to let people know that just because I pitch doesn't mean I don't know the game, doesn't mean I can't excel. You mentioned earlier how, you know, it's tough for folks to track what's happening at the alternate site. We don't have any stats for the inter-squad games that are happening. Can you kind of give us a rundown on some of the guys and, and the strides that they're making? Who's impressed you in terms of their progress from, you know, when spring training 2.0 started to, to where we are today? Quite a few of these guys I'm extremely comfortable with. I had a ton of them in Round Rock. I've had them, I've had them throughout the years. But, I mean, when we're talking about most improved and who, who's benefited greatly from this, Jake Myers comes to mind right away. We, we knew this guy was a, a good athlete. We knew he was a really good outfielder. Um, but he's really hitting. Like, he is really, really hitting. And I wish, I wish there was more people that were able to see that. Uh, like you said, there's no stats. There's not a ton of video. But he's, he's really – He's really smashing the ball. Nick Tannell was having a phenomenal camp before he went to be on the taxi squad recently. You know, Dubin just got, just got active, and he's throwing. He's pretty impressive for a young guy that I didn't know. You know, Dagoti's Dagoti, solid player, getting better every single day. We're, 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 you know, chipping away at things to improve him on defense and range and, and things like that. But like, I, like we spoke about early, it, this, this camp has benefited these guys greatly um, just to be able to get out and, and play this year, get something out of it, and in the environment we, that we've created, um, has really got these guys to to raise their games, raise their games, and and, and own their skills. So it's it's been a it's a, it's been a good camp. Astros AAA manager Mickey Story, Mickey, thank you very much for the time. Anytime, Mike. Astrocast is poured for you by Carbach Brewing. Get highlights, interviews, the latest news surrounding MLB, and your Astros. Brought to you by Carbach Brewing. Looking up. See you later. Into the Landry's Crawford boxes. Subscribe to Astrocast. Expecting a great season with this Astros team. The official podcast of the Houston Astros. It's going to be a lot of fun the whole way. First pitch. And Kemp bounces it right side, right at the second baseman, Diaz. He has it, throws to first in time, and the inning is over. Five innings complete of scoreless baseball for Luis Garcia in his first big league start. Luis, uh, how did you feel out there tonight, and were you nervous at all? I wasn't really nervous. I was, like, really excited for this opportunity, and I just tried to do my best there. How did you feel with, with all your pitches? It looked like you were going to the changeup a lot and having success on that. Did was that going better than the breaking stuff for you tonight? Yeah, I think this changeup was a really nice pitch today. So, yeah, I feel really comfortable with the like a lot of my pitches, like every pitch. But the changeup today was really good. How important was you to, to finish the fifth? You had a uh, strong came out and you had one more out to get. Was that your last batter at that point in the, uh, the fifth inning? Yeah, it could be. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I just tried to. 
make that out and, and get out of that inning. Like, what does this do for your confidence going forward? Yeah, this outing it makes me feel so so confident to look forward and I I'm, I'm happy about that and just trying to do my best job like every time that I have the opportunity to, to, to throw here. When's the last time you'd, you'd thrown that many pitches in a game? Uh, I think when I was in the uh, alternate side. How tired were you after the fifth thing? Do you think you could have pitched the six if they asked you to? Yeah, I was excited to throw the six, but they said me that it was my, uh, was my like last inning and I wanted to pitch a six, but they said, nope, this is the last one. What was it like working with Maldonado tonight? Uh, I just tried to follow him every time, and it was a really, really good outing. I, like the pitches that he, that he called, and everything was good. What did Dusty tell you after the game when you left the game? Well, I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> Anything else for Luis? Luis, ¿cómo te sentiste en este tu primer juego como abridor? Me sentí muy bien, la verdad. Estaba muy contento por esa oportunidad que me habían dado y solo estaba tratando de hacer mi mejor trabajo y que todo saliera bien. Pues. Prior to today, James had been on the IL since August 20th. Uh, left hip discomfort. Here's the pitch. And this one's poked into left field. Having to come in is Tucker, and it's off of his leg and rolls toward their team's bullpen. Machine's going to score. Murphy's going to score, and it's a 2-2 ball game. Kyle Tucker slid feet first for that ball toward the line, and he couldn't come up with it, and it hit his leg and bounced away. Gosh, we hadn't, we hadn't seen you in about three weeks. Were you, did you feel a little rusty today, or did you feel like you had everything working? Um, I felt pretty good. Uh, arm felt good, body felt good, so I was just, uh, I was just happy to be back out and, and and be pitching again. What was the uh, the process like of of getting over the the hip injury and, and getting back? Um, you know, it was it was it was tough, um, but uh, had a lot of support through it. Um, the staff down in Corpus has been um, amazing. Uh, the team here has been supportive. So um, I was able to, and, you know, watching them play and grind through some double headers and some, some extra inning games um, really made me uh, work a little bit harder so I can get back here and try to help out. Did you think that Tucker should have caught that ball in left field? Um, you know what? He gave it, you know, he gave it his all and, um, Sometimes, you know, the ball just doesn't, you know, roll your way or, you know, it's part of the game. So, um, I mean, it's, I, I can't walk the next hitter. Um, so, uh, it, I mean, I would have loved if he would have caught it. It was a great effort and to come up with it would have been, you know, would have been nice. But, you know, sometimes it happens. So, um, I know he's out there working as hard as he can. And... That's all I, you know, that's all I can really ask for because he asked the, he, he asked the same from me. So, um, that's, I mean, that's all I got to say about that one. Yeah, Kyle, that, that ball that Listella hit in the seventh, can you kind of take us through your, your route there? Is that a ball you think you should have caught? Um, 
Um, I mean, yeah, I was close, missed it, and kicked off me all the way into their bullpen, two runs scored. So, I mean, that's the ball I should have. How frustrated were you guys tonight, strike zone? It seemed like you guys couldn't adjust, and you seemed pretty frustrated there in the ninth. Yeah, I mean, I thought we had some good ABs. You know, we had some really good takes that just didn't go our way at all, and you, know, you just got to battle through that. Astrocast is brought to you by Carbach Brewing, the official podcast of the Houston Astros. Carbach Brewing, crafted for serious fun. See you later.